And welcome back to another edition of what I like to call from nonsense to God sense as we take a look at the things of this world through a biblical perspective. And we are going through a heightened, an extremely heightened electoral process right now. It's election season. The election is not too far away as of now. And so we've got uh, record breaking, I think you could say. Uh, ballots being cast this year more and more people are engaged in the election cycle this year and so we had a uh, a debate last night and dan delzell is with me and dan the debate last night seemed to be a little bit more civil which was a good thing yeah. it seemed to be a little bit more informational as instead of shouting at everybody and talking over yeah. everybody people were yeah. able to hear what the candidates had to say so from that perspective, yeah. it seemed like it was a win for the American people. But as far yeah. as the candidates go, it seemed like this time around, uh, the vice president, the presidential candidate, struggled a little bit in his uh, debate, while the president was a little bit uh, more in control of himself, was able to get his message out, stay on point, and really attack in a positive way, if that's possible, yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah. flaws of his opponent. And I guess a quick WGN poll that was released last night after the debate said that Trump won 75% to 25% and that's WGN. And I'm assuming they're a little bit more liberal than, you know, of a a media outlet than most people would think. So it seemed like it was a good night for the president. Well, I certainly thought so as well, Son. You know, you and I talked here on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about that first debate. And I think most people recognize that uh, Trump was, uh, quite out of control with his amount of interruptions. Um, you know, it seemed to me, and I think I might've mentioned this on the podcast, Bond, that it seemed to me that all those years of the assaults against him by the media, um, by the, uh, the fake uh, Russian collusion hoax, uh, by those in the FBI and others who uh, certainly, you know, the Obama administration who had um, really tried to set him up and, and, uh, just really undermine his presidency in such an unfair way as it all came out then with, uh, you know, what Hillary and others had done. I mean, it seemed to all be bottled up. Um, uh, but I think uh, President Trump's son, I think he uh, realized that after listening to his uh, trusted advisors, after watching the Mike Pence debate and seeing, um, you know, what happens when you just let the message get out there. Um, last night, uh, he was focused. Um, he clearly demonstrated a huge difference between, as he said it, um, you know, Joe Biden, the 47 years as a politician, um, with really a record of what? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, basically a record of things that, uh, as was pointed out last night, um, things that really haven't gone well for, for Biden or for the country um, versus, you know, what Trump's got done in, in going on four years. So, so yeah, I think it was clearly a, a uh, big victory for President Trump. I think, really, when you look at the polls that um, got it right in 2016, they were already trying for Trump in recent days once the dust from the debate settled. Um, but last night, uh, I think, we'll end up give, giving it uh, such a, a bigger boost. Um, you know, I saw one poll today uh, that uh, was taken, uh, I guess, Last week, so this was even before, you know, last that debate, of course, and uh, Trump up four in Michigan. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think we're seeing things in Florida. I think we're seeing things um, uh, in Pennsylvania, in, in even in Minnesota, uh, where it could very well turn out to be 
um, a pretty lopsided victory for Trump, uh, in spite of what, you know, the other polls uh, seem to say, and that goes to a whole other issue of, you know, the way that uh, the media and big tech has tried to push this this old politician in Joe Biden over the line, uh, hoping that he can then be the, uh, you know, the flag bearer for a, uh, a, a very liberal agenda that, that others would seem to control, like Pelosi and Schumer and AOC. And so they, 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 they seem to want to push him over the line. But, you know, I just find more and more Americans waking up, I think, son, and realizing that uh, the, the, the cause of freedom uh, and, and equality for every race and every person, including the unborn, you know, that, that President Trump has, has done and will continue to do an amazing job. So I really look for him to be reelected. And I think last night went a long way toward really, I feel, kind of locking in what I think is going to happen on November 3rd. You know, Dan, one of the things that we find in an election, especially with candidates going after each other, is what the other person is going to do. For example, Biden says that Trump is going to take away our health care. And so he puts a spirit of fear in people about losing your health care. So don't vote for him. Otherwise, this will happen. And it's a bad thing. So vote for me out of fear. It's a type of attack, you know, not tax, but strategy, I guess you could say. Yes. And that seems to always run amok when it comes to, you know, uh, politicians, political races, and things like that. But it seems that this time around, there's a lot more of that spirit of fear, so to speak, being put yeah. out there. You know, one side says, if you vote for the other guy, then you're going to lose your health care. You're going to, you know, have all these bad things happen to you. And then right. the other side says, well, if you vote for him, then we're going to lose our liberties. We're going to, you know, have uh, all this other bad stuff go on. And so the spirit of fear is running around and it's even taken Christians by storm. You know, I listen mm-hmm. to people that are Christians. They read the Bible. They know the Bible. They go to church, mm-hmm. but yet they fear what the other candidate is going to do. And there's, to be fair, there's Christians I know that are going to be Trump supporters, and there's Christians I know that are going to be Biden supporters, but yet they both live mm-hmm. in fear, and they forget the fact that, yeah. wait a minute, who's ultimately in control, and who's ultimately the one yeah. that's going to allow the next president to take office? And that's God. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Son. You know, it reminds me of the scripture passage in 2 Timothy 1.7 uh, that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, you know, for the last uh, seven or eight months, uh, our nation and the world has been gripped with a, a spirit of fear related to uh, COVID-19. And, you know, many people are experiencing uh, uh, fear related to their finances, uh, related to um, getting the coronavirus, uh, related to just... Um, the changes in their life that have come as a result of, of these, uh, these lockdowns and the social distancing. And so it, it permeates our society. It permeates the world right now. And, you know, when the Bible son talks about a spirit of fear, we need to remember that, that, that fear is not only something that we as human beings experience on the inside of us. Um, you know, that, that we, we start to think about something or we start to um, focus on uh, uh, some doom and gloom uh, prospect. And, and we start to get weighted down by this cloud, this darkness 
in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, um, that we would identify as fear. I'm afraid of this happening. I'm afraid of that. I'm always afraid of this, you know, but, but, but there's more to it many times than just what's going on inside of us. Um, there is this spirit of fear that it can be somewhat elusive, but sometimes it, it, it's related to uh, what evil spirits are doing to um, to promote fear. Sometimes it's, it, um, as you said, Son, it, it, it's related to a message of fear that maybe a politician or someone else is uh, promoting, and so they're becoming messengers of fear. So I think sometimes what happens is that spirit of fear that the devil, um, you know, latches onto. Uh, many times that spirit of fear can come at us. And if we don't have the armor of God on, in other words, if we're not, you know, remaining strong in the Lord, in his word, in prayer, um, guarding our minds, guarding our hearts, guarding what we think about and, and, and what we allow our mind to, um, to consider, then we're much more prone to being um, overwhelmed at times by this, this spirit of fear that comes at us uh, sometimes from the outside. But then it can it can get into us. It can uh, begin to um, corrupt our mind in the sense of of, of uh, seeking to replace um, fear or replace faith with fear. And if you think about those two words, I mean they're they're very different. Uh, they're very different things, aren't they, Son? I mean, um, you know, as Christians, we the Bible says we live by faith, not by sight. And so you can you can apply that to everything from. You know, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord to bring me to heaven one day. Uh, that's invisible to me right now, but I, I'm trusting in God to do that, certainly, through, through the death of his son. Um, but I'm also uh, trusting in the Lord to provide for my daily needs and to answer my daily prayers according to his will. So, so faith is, is at the heart of, of Christianity. Um, but there's always a battle between fear and faith, faith and fear. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if we're not careful, Hour by hour, um, that spirit of fear can can come at us, can even start to get in us, and uh, really make our lives very unpleasant on the inside. Uh, and this is where, of course, we need the Lord then to just um, help us and, and to come and, and drive away that fear. Even as the Bible says, perfect love drives out fear. And so we many times just need to be filled once again with the love of God, uh, because, again, as it says in Second uh, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah, I think the key word there that a lot of people miss out or maybe they don't really fully grasp is that sound mind. You know, a sound mind can go a long ways. We see a lot of people that might... Uh, claim the power, maybe express love, but they forget about the sound mind aspect of it. And a sound mind can really help you overcome that fear and really kind of give you a realization of what is this fear that I'm really facing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what we've kind of gotten into in this day and age is we were kind of lacking a focus of a sound mind and we're just kind of reacting. I mean, like Twitter, for example, Twitter is just a cornucopia of fear. I mean, you yeah. can go on to Twitter and everybody's posting everything. And I, I watched a documentary and it said that, uh, you know, fake news travels six times faster on Twitter than the truth because fake news wow. is more exciting and generates more clicks. And that's what the big tech companies want. But the thing was, is that when you sit and look at some of these things, when I sit and watch these things or read these yeah. texts or tweets, 
I can judge for myself whether or not I think this to be true. So somebody might put up something and I can read it and be like, well, that's not necessarily true because my sound mind that I like to use is, yeah. well, it, you know, it gives me discernment. This, this doesn't seem right. There's red flags here. And then right. other people take it and be like, oh my gosh, did you know what the president did? Did you know what this person did? Did you know what this actor did? Did you know what this guy did? Did you know what this athlete did? Yeah. And they start like yeah. going into this frenzy mode. And it's like, wait a minute, just pause. And then it turns out that the tweet was wrong because, again, most of the time, a lot of stuff on Twitter is wrong um, mm-hmm. or it's traveling faster. And so people then have to go back and be like, oh, I got, you know, suckered into that. Or, oh, you know what? I was hacked. You know, I was, it's yeah, yeah, excuse, right. I was hacked. But, you know, mm-hmm. and so if you have the sound mind, if we focus on that sound mind individually, I think that we would better have we would have better discernment. We'd have better control over our emotions. You know, and we wouldn't get so panicky. And I think that spirit of fear then would subside within us. Yes, I think so. Very, very much, Son. And this goes back to what you began with here with the podcast. And that is just the kind of the temperament and the approach that President Trump used last night. Um, You know, I'm sure he learned a lot from his vice president in Mike Pence's debate. And Mike Pence is the epitome of self-control. Now, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it lists nine characteristics, nine things that are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love of a sound mind, we're talking about what the Holy Spirit has given us because he came to indwell us at the moment of our conversion when we trusted Christ as Savior, uh, when we were born again, redeemed, justified, forgiven, and saved. Uh, through repentance and faith in Christ on the front end of our relationship with God. At that point, the Holy Spirit came in. Um, and the Holy Spirit is not only a spirit of power, a spirit of love, uh, but he, he brings this sound mind you were just discussing, son, but he also brings these nine qualities, the, the nine fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it was interesting last night because um, President Trump had enormous amounts of self-control. You know, um, every time he was, um, you know, maybe on the verge of uh, going into uh, a bit of a, uh, oh, just blurting out, you know, something. You, you could tell him that he was biting his tongue. He was holding back. He, I think he learned a lot from some of the mistakes of that first debate. But, but this is something we as Christians, uh, and certainly President Trump is a, is a professing Christian. And, uh, you know, anybody who professes Christ as Savior, uh, we, we, we want to, uh, you know, certainly um, uh, appreciate their, their, their profession of faith and, and seek to build them up in their profession of faith. And, uh, you know, President Trump, like all of us, uh, has to work on self-control because self, doesn't like to be controlled. Self be on the throne. Um, and, I, and I think we saw much more of self on the throne in that first debate where we saw a lot of President Trump coming out, a lot of his natural, maybe impulsive responses, which we all have, by the way. That's not to, to, to say that, that you or I or any of the listeners are any better or worse than President Trump. All of us are capable of that lack of self-control. And it doesn't make us better. So, so if somebody comes along and says, well, I'm a Christian and I'm embarrassed of, of Donald Trump. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That sounds pretty arrogant for you to say. Well, what do you mean, Dan? Arrogant. 
well, wait, why would you be embarrassed for him? Um, any weakness you see coming from him, that's coming from his sinful nature. But if he is a Christian, then any good that comes out of him, that is going to be the Lord. And, and if he's growing in that, um, you don't have to be embarrassed for his uh, strengths or weaknesses. Um, God wants you to focus on you. Uh, and, and so sometimes I think there's almost like a, a false piety or a hyper uh piety where, you know, a Christian can look at someone else, whether it's somebody in their church, their family, or politician, and, and think, oh, wow, you know, again, like the Pharisee, boy, he's really blowing it, what an embarrassment. It's like, wait a minute, okay, um, so you're embarrassed of someone else, but what, what are you seeing in your own heart, you know, are, are you judging when you do that? Um, you know, the Bible says at whatever point you, you judge someone, you're, you're condemning yourself. So we have to be careful um, that, that we don't look at other people's sins, especially other people like President Trump and, and Mike Pence uh, and Kaylee McEnany and, and uh, you know, uh, many, many of Donald Trump supporters who are professing Christians. Uh, we have to be careful that we don't look at a fellow Christian uh, and, and think, oh, wow, you know, I'm glad I'm not like them, or that we don't look at an unbeliever and think, well, boy, I'm glad I'm not like them, because the minute we start to compare son, ourselves to somebody else, we are so close, if not already over the line, of judging, condemning, looking down on. Um, that's what the Bible means by judging, when, when we start to look down on someone else. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot for us to learn here. I think President Trump continues to learn a lot, you know, as a professing Christian, and I think he demonstrated last night his ability that hopefully we all can show to improve from our, our past uh, weaknesses and, and do better next time. And God will help us uh, if we'll keep the focus on what God's doing in us and not just, uh, you know, focus on other people's faults, uh, you know, seeing, um, you know, the, the plank in their eye or the speck in their eye rather than, you know, the plank in our own eye. You know, Dan, we are responsible for our individual selves when it comes to standing before God, our actions. Yeah. And, um, but when we take a look at administrations, okay, so far the focus has been on the candidates themselves, which it should be. But when we bring it to the Christian world, people will say, I'm not voting for Trump because he's evil, he's vile, he's sexist, he's racist. I guess everybody's racist because it's easily thrown out there. You disagree with me, you're a racist. Um, and so you're all these things. Okay. But then when you look at it, the same could be said with Joe Biden. You know, right. um, he could be racist because he said racist things. He could be sexist. He has someone who came out and accused him of sexual assault. Um, you know, yeah. he's a liar because we've caught him in lies, you know. So right. anyways, right. so if you want to compare the two candidates, right. I, I find it, I find it very difficult for someone to, uh, to, uh, yeah. oppose the president on these terms and then turn around and say, Oh, but Joe Biden's not. They're the same. Right. Okay. Right. They're the same, but let's take it a deep for, uh, step further. Let's look at the cabinets. Okay, so first off, yeah. look at the vice president. Like you said, Mike Pence, you know, is stellar. You know, probably above reproach if we can say that. Um, yes. You know, he gets criticized for going to dinner or <laughs> for not going to dinner with any woman other than his wife alone yeah, right. for the sake of improprieties, and he gets criticized for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you look at Mike Pompeo. I just recently read uh, an expose on him and, you know, a Christian guy and the stuff he's doing mm -hmm. in the Middle East and overseas with foreign policy. Uh, you know, yeah. he's getting stuff done. And then you look at even yeah. the White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, you know, Christian, yeah. uh, Ben yeah. Carson, you know, and so you look at the administration that is around him. Right. Okay. So yeah. Right. So maybe the guy isn't the best, you know, and maybe he has all these issues like some people are pointing right. out, but the people right. around him and then take a look at the other side. 
You know, yeah. I live in California. I've seen, you know, Kamala Harris firsthand and the things that she does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we all know what Bernie Sanders is about. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all know what AOC and some of these other extremists are about. And so when you take right. a look at the cabinet and the people that might be in cabinet or even the people yeah. that, you know, have been pushing a, a, a narrative of Russia collusion and stuff like that, basically yeah. lying to the American yeah. people, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're looking at then a greater government. Now is the government going to be run by people with integrity or are we going to want a government that's going to be run by people that are lying, people that are cheating right. and stealing? And I'm talking about on a right. whole. You know, I'm talking about, I'm not yeah. talking about individuals. I'm talking about on the whole. And we look at the yeah. Trump administration, for example, he's aligned himself and filled his cabinet with people yeah. that a majority, if they were honest, would say they're right. pretty upright people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very, very, very much so, son. And, uh, you know, one of those, uh, one of the points there that you, you highlighted is just um, the whole issue of race. And hasn't it been fascinating how hard the leftists, and the mainstream media, um, and, and big tech, how hard they've worked to keep, um, repeating a lie and in terms of trying to paint, uh, Trump as a, a supporter of white supremacy when he really, he debunked that lie years ago, but they keep throwing it out there. But what's interesting is this son, I mean, I'm seeing more and more things, not only individuals on, you know, some, some television shows and, and elsewhere uh, who are black and Latino and uh, who are really uh, starting to see the way that uh, many in the Democratic Party have just um, taken them for granted without really giving anything in return and, and then really seeing what, what so much of what uh, the, the democratic ideology is about. I mean, if Trump is a racist, then why, as I read today, did his support among black voters go up from 36% in one poll to 45% among black voters since the debate last night? Um, you know, as Donald Trump outlined all the things he's done for the black community, um, you know, those lies that have been spread about him don't seem to be working and and that's the problem with speaking lies is um ultimately they 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 often uh end up falling flat because people are smart enough uh many for example uh i was listening to a video my son had of this i guess famous ufc fighter who's latino and he you know i guess he was just saying how insulting it was that you know the biden camp would use this popular song that you were going to play this song and win all his latino votes and then he was laying out why um you know, he really supports Donald Trump and, and why people of all races should have the freedom to choose between Trump and Biden. But, but you know, as you say, son, there's just so many things that have been out there that have been lies that um, uh, and then and then when you learn that, you know, like what's happened, what's come out now on between Hunter Biden and then his dad and and their involvement as a family with some of these overseas deals. And, and when the media won't even touch it, when they will censor an article by the fifth largest newspaper uh, in the country, the New York Post, that ran, you know, that article about um, what what the Biden family had been involved with and Hunter Biden and then connections with his dad and money going uh, to all of them. When, when they won't even, uh, when they, when Twitter, when Twitter will shut it down and won't even allow that to be passed along when year after year after year, they, were, they weren't censoring the, the Russian collusion hoax, which has been debunked, but um, 
in, in spite of, you know, people in the FBI and CIA, you know, Democratic-minded people, uh, Democrats is what I'm talking about here, and, and uh, people of that ideology who, who promoted it, who hid things, uh, people like uh, James Comey and, and, and Clapper and others who, who hid things, um, former President Obama, um, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, people who knew what was going on, uh, knew that Donald Trump had not colluded with the Russians. Um, and, and so what, I guess the tip of the, I, or the, uh, the, uh, the icing on the cake, I should say, son, is when this thing broke and the New York Post broke it, you know, the leftists, all they knew how to do was, was to point to Russian collusion. So they, they went to the ridiculous place, and many of them, uh, of trying to say, that, you know, somehow this is Russian collusion and Rudy Giuliani is, you know, working with the Russians and, and now all the, you know, this business partner of, of Hunter Biden is, is Russian collusion and New York Post and Fox News is all Russian collusion. You know, you know, it, it's like the, uh, it, it's like what Hillary, uh, would, 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 would claim about, you know, some right wing conspiracy and, and all this stuff. When, when, when many times their, their message and their actions are exposed, they, they, they don't know what to do, but to just, come up with some crazy theory of where it's coming from. Now, I'm not saying that there haven't been people on the right, uh, there haven't been Republicans, there haven't been, you know, conservative folks who've been um, guilty of, of things that, that, uh, that were completely wrong, you know, but what I'm saying is, you know, with Donald Trump, I mean, they, they've spent millions and millions of dollars, uh, they haven't been able to have anything stick. And, and yet with Biden, there's all this stuff now that's out there and it's like big tech wants to censor it. The mainstream media won't talk about it. And I think a lot of people, son, um, have had their eyes opened here in the last, you know, few weeks and didn't realize just how bad things had gotten in America with the press, uh, how bad things had gotten with the mainstream media where, where they won't even talk about it. Um, and people are feeling like, are we in communist China? Are we in Russia here? What's going on to the fifth largest newspaper in the country? They can put an, an article with evidence and facts, and, and it may not support and favor your candidate, but, but because it doesn't, you're going you're gonna to claim, well, you know, uh, it doesn't have uh, enough support for it. We're not going to put it out there. So I think it's kind of blowing up in their face. And uh, I think at the end of the day, the American people are smart enough, Son, to, to, to see what's going on um, and, and uh, to be able to expose the lies, just like, you know, many people on the right and the left have already exposed, um, you know, Joe Biden's lies last night about fracking, which he so proudly bragged about. And, well, you know, look it up, he said. Well, you know, people did. Uh, Joe, you were lying. You know, as President Trump said, you know, you're, you're all talking, no show. Uh, and, uh, so it's just kind of, it's kind of sad for, for, you know, anybody who's supporting Biden that they have such a, such a poor candidate. I, you know, I mean, uh, Trump really doesn't have much competition in my way of thinking right now. You know, Dan, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, mentioned censorship. And one of the things that Biden has talked about is lockdowns. Okay. Going back into the lockdown and, We've gotten accustomed here in America that we can now watch church and services online. Okay. So we got to that. That kind of became the quote new norm because we couldn't go to churches. Right. And you mentioned censorship with the New York Post that had what appears to be factual 
credible uh, evidence. Okay, so now we go back to lockdowns. And then you get this administration, let's just say, that is opposed to, like, for example, Governor Whitmer in Michigan. She says, if you want to go back to church, vote for Joe Biden. Okay, that was her comment. So we get we get to this state where we're locked down. People just be like, okay, well, I'll just watch, you know, Christians. I'll just watch it on on online. Well, wait a minute. Now, big tech has come in and they've censored churches. They've shut down websites. They shut down live viewing of church services. Okay, Uh, and and people think that that's not going to happen. That can't happen. You know, the 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 assault on Christians and the church can't happen in america right. can it well i live in california i've seen it i live in los angeles i've seen it yeah. john MacArthur's yeah. church grace community the assault that they've been under the persecution they've been under by the county and the city of los angeles if you don't right. know anything about that you should read that because that is live and that is real and that can happen to anybody in this country if we don't take action and here's the thing it's like there's fines there's uh people have been um persecuted for actually going to the the church itself um, you know, John MacArthur has been threatened with being thrown in prison, you know, where he says he'll start a prison ministry, um, which I kind of like that response because he's like, I've never had a prison ministry, so I guess I'll start one. Um, but there's that thing, and people don't understand that the threat to Christianity, the threat to Christians is real through censorship, through lockdowns, yeah. through legislation. You know, the, the Biden talks about packing the court. Right. And the Democrats talk about packing the court with these extreme liberals. Well, who's to say that this liberal justice or these liberal justices don't start to, you know, persecute? We saw under the the Biden administration with Obama the persecution of bakers, of uh, yeah. you know, florists, you know, t-shirt right. makers. So we saw the persecution, and now we're starting to see under these lockdowns churches being attacked for opening. Yeah being persecuted by the government, which was the very foundation of our country, was to get away yeah. from religious persecution, and now we're back into that all these years later. And so people don't realize, I don't think, that this could happen and is happening in America, and if you let it happen, don't be surprised when you can't go to your church. Don't be surprised when you can't watch it on TV or on the Internet, yeah. and don't be surprised when your religious liberties are being taken away and you're being forced to get your vaccine. You're being forced to have your kids indoctrinated with transgendered ideology. You're being forced right. to have all this liberal stuff being introduced into your family and you disagree with it, but you have no choice because of your actions or your inactions to vote the right way. Well, I tell you, that's very well said, son. And we're seeing all of those things take place right now. And, you know, as you were speaking, um, what my mind went to at one point was something you said, son, was, was just Joe Biden's face last night and Donald Trump. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, just maybe the few times when maybe one of them was making a little different kind of a face or a smile, but I'm just saying overall, um, Joe Biden's face, his whole demeanor seemed to match what he was describing as a very dark winter that we're coming upon, all doom and gloom, going back to that spirit of fear that you were referring to earlier that, you know, some politicians want to promote. And then you had the, the, the calm, uh, leadi- leadership of, of President Trump, the optimistic leadership, realistic. I mean, realizing that this is a, uh, a serious uh, thing. This, this COVID is very serious. But, but Donald Trump also realizes the seriousness of, of, of a lockdown and what, what that's done and continues to do to people, to economies. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, there's suicide, there's depression. Uh, you know, there's people out of work. There's, there's families whose lives are so disrupted. So we have to look at 
you know, not only the lives that have been lost, and that's what it seems like the, the, the Biden uh, folks are wanting to push, and, 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 you know, trying to blame Trump for uh, the COVID deaths. I mean, are you serious? Is that all you've got? Is that all you can pin on him? That would be like Trump trying to, you know, to blame Biden for cancer or something. I mean, come on. Donald Trump has, has, uh, has worked hard to mitigate um, the, the damage in America after the China virus, you know, that was sent to us. And, um, you know, he, he's tried to slow that down as much as he can. But, but Biden's face, his demeanor, um, I, I told my wife last night, he just looks angry. You know, he just looks angry. Um, uh, and where, whereas Donald Trump looked very, very focused, very calm. I, I just sensed something in Donald Trump I didn't sense in that first debate. Like I say, he'd been up against years of oppression uh, by so many in the world and in the media. But I, I just sense the calmness. I think, you know, he, he must have received a lot of prayers, obviously, and probably involved in much prayer himself. But I sensed a man um, who, who was back on top of his game, uh, who was under the control uh, of, of just his own abilities. But more importantly, uh, I, I'm hopeful, you know, the Lord's abilities in him and through him. And, and he got his message out. And, um, yeah, I, you know, for the life of me, son, I, I don't understand how anybody, just from purely uh, uh, an issue of getting things done, how you could even begin to compare, you know, what, what, what President Trump has accomplished. Um, and then you try to look for something that Joe Biden has done in 47 years. And the only things they could talk about last night were things that were then being criticized, you know, the, the crime bill. And, oh, yeah, well, no, that, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't want to really talk too much about that or, or you know, or, or the cages, you know, that they were put up under he and Obama, you know, uh, down on the border. I mean, so I was looking for anything, you know, and other than, than Biden with this AOC type climate control dream of spending trillions of dollars. Um, you know, Trump was a businessman when he came in. He has proven him himself to be effective at that. Um, Joe Biden is a politician and we, we still need a businessman in the White House. We did it. We did four years ago. We, we especially need one now. We need somebody with common sense, not just with an ability to criticize his opponent, uh, to come up with wild, uh, uh, you know, uh, claims and accusations like the Russian hoax. Uh, and then when, when stuff is being put forth about you and your dealings with, with other countries, um, to go hide in the basement and to not address the media. I mean, you know, for the life of me, son, I, I can't understand how anybody could, could feel comfortable, um, having that man in the White House where he can't even come out of his basement and, and deal with some of these basic things, hoping that he can kind of write it out, um, and, and, and if America were to vote him in, then the only thing I could say is we as a nation, I suppose, um, or at least the majority of us kind of deserve what, we, what we're getting there. Because, uh, you know, really, it, it should not be a very tough decision when you just look at it from, from many levels and, and especially in terms of accomplishments, um, you know, what, what they've both done or what they haven't done. You know, oftentimes a lot of people in the Christian community will compare people to Jesus. You know, the, the, the saying, what would Jesus do? And I was never a fan of that because we all know what Jesus would do. He's perfect. So he would do that, which is perfect. We're not. So we're not going to do what's yeah. perfect. So we can't do what Jesus yeah. would do. We could try right. and that could be our goal, but we can't right. do what Jesus can do because we can't be perfect. But right. 
but we get this comparison going and we try to elevate people. And then, and you know, you as a pastor, uh, I've known you for a while now and I've never seen it, but I know pastors, you know, I've seen it from you, right. but I know pastors kind of get this God complex, you know, uh, yeah. because they influence a lot of people. And so we right. hold these people that are in the public eye to higher expectations. And I think mm-hmm. that's what happens with politicians. We don't realize that politicians are just like us. They're the same. They have faults. Yeah. They have sins. They have, you know, an evil spirit in them that Satan attacks. Uh, they could have mm-hmm. good in them. You know, they're, they're just like us. There's, there's nothing different. And when we right. face a world that is against, uh, you know, spiritual uh, darknesses, you know, and we're fighting these principalities and powers. Um, yeah. And Satan attacks, you know, it's, it's the same for anybody. And so we sometimes will put these politicians on a pedestal thinking that they're perfect, they're good, they're this, they're that. And in reality, right. they're just like us. Do you think that kind of, when we use, when we try to have the critical thinking of a sound mind, do you think uh-huh. that when we take that sound mind out, we put these people on a pedestal, like let's say the president, you know, yeah. which a lot of people yeah. have done, and we see these behaviors, you know, yeah. even going back to the uh, first debate, which we both agreed, you know, his behavior was terrible. Um, right. But but we, we sit there and we, and we try to put this expectation and then the expectation isn't reached. So they fail our expectation. And so then we dismiss yeah. them as X, Y, Z, you know, sexist, racist, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's our excuse to be like, mm-hmm. I don't like him anymore instead of. And I know people I know Christians will say, oh, I pray for him every day. And that's fine if you do. You know, we should. We should yeah. be praying for everybody every day as far as the country goes. But do you think yeah. that, that, that comparison, trying to compare people and put them up on a pedestal and be like Jesus, do you think that kind of gives people an, um, to themselves kind of like an unfair comparison? Because we can't compare. We can't measure up to Jesus. And yeah. therefore, people are going to let us down. And we take that and we miss all the good that that person might be doing. Yeah. And focusing yeah. only on, you know, we're kind of being deceived by Satan to focus on the guy's negative as opposed to the positive right. that he's doing. Yeah, I, I think so, Son. And my sense of what is going on many times when a person or Christian um, falls into what I would say is a trap is is, is that um, a Christian can become um, somewhat like a Pharisee uh, in the way that the Pharisees, you know, were looking at Jesus. Um, as you said, you know, there's no politician who's anywhere close to Jesus. Um, but the Pharisees, um, they, they, they could not see the good in Jesus. They refused to see the good in Jesus. But see, son, they didn't see the big picture. Because they missed the gospel, they, they, they rejected the gospel, most of them, or many of them, um, they, they didn't see that Jesus was the fulfillment of these 300 prophecies pointing to, specifically to, uh, to Jesus, both in his lineage, uh, both in the, the things that he did, the miracles that he did, um, in, in just, I mean, whether it be riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, as Zechariah prophesied, or being born in Bethlehem, uh, as Micah prophesied, you know, some 700 years before the Messiah was born. Um, you know, how do you do that? Well, God does it. He's the only one who can pull off something that big. This is not a conspiracy theory. Um, this is history, his story. This is the, the pivotal and key uh, event and person of all history. But, but the, here's the thing, son, to go to your question. Um, when you miss the big picture, then it's very easy to become 
critical, highly critical of, of, of an individual who's smack dab in the middle of where God wants that person to be. And in this case, where the father wanted the son to be. And, and so what the, what the Pharisees developed then, um, uh, and I guess we could compare it to this spirit of fear that we're talking about today, but, but they developed a spirit of, of jealousy. They developed a, a spirit of hatred, uh, against Jesus. And my goodness, uh, you know, when, when people use the, the, the term these days, Don, uh, that, that certain folks have, you know, Trump derangement syndrome, um, this is a real spirit of hatred that attacks a person who is prone to let it attack them. And, but I'll tell you, Son, it, it, I think it's, it's almost always happening with those who miss the big picture. In the case of Christ, the Pharisees missed the fact that he was the Messiah. So it was very easy for them to be attacked by and be overcome by a spirit of hatred. Um, today in our world, when you miss the big picture of, of, of what is going on uh, in, in China uh, and in North Korea and in Iran in terms of, you know, shutting down uh, freedom of religion and, and, and uh, you know, jailing and, and punishing uh, those who express uh, their faith, and especially Christian faith, and, and when, when, you, when you see what's going on there, and then you listen to those on the left, and you see their, their, their uh, censorship behavior, you see their, their dark ideology as evidenced by a willingness to, for example, um, have late-term abortion, by their willingness to uh, you know, silence uh, certain messages from being heard, uh, by, by their willingness to um, try to control people rather than allow them to be free. So when you miss the big picture of what the left wants to do in this country, to completely turn it upside down and change it into a different country, that is much more uh, like a country that you would find, uh, like in Venezuela, let's say, or, or any country that has been dominated, you know, for a period of time by socialism, uh, you know, by, by Marxism, by by a hatred of Christianity. Uh, it, it's not an accident, son, that the Democratic Party removed God from their platform, the name God from their platform, because they've been getting darker and darker. But when you miss the big picture, um, either as an unbeliever. Or even as a believer, okay, even as someone who knows the Lord, when you're not looking at the big picture, oh my goodness, you know, uh, Donald Trump's doing this wrong. Oh, look at him. You know, this is wrong. This is wrong. Well, nobody that I know is trying to say he's some perfect man. But everybody I know who sees the big picture um, looks at this and says, um, you know, boy, I'm thankful that the Lord sent someone who is that strong to be able to uh, speak to the lies of the left, to stand up to the left, uh, who, who would become, as President Trump has, the most pro-life president in our history, to appoint conservative judges, to appoint people like Amy Coney Barrett, to select a vice president like, like Mike Pence. I mean, what, what Republican or Democratic president has ever made the kind of choices of incredible Christians? that Donald Trump has made. So whatever a person might believe or think or assume about Donald Trump's faith, um, when you look at the people he surrounds himself with, when you look at the big picture, the left ideology, and then, um, you know, what, what, what freedom means in a nation, um, I, I think it's very obvious then uh, how people are going astray when, you know, they just can't see the, the forest to the trees. You know, they, they get caught up by, well, you know, Donald Trump said this, and boy, that, 
that bothers me. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. I, well, I, what I would want to gently say to that person is, my friend, I think you need to maybe just get over yourself a little bit. Um, because if you look again at the big picture and don't try to find some perfect politician who's going to check every single box that you might want checked. I mean, after all, you know, who you're looking at uh, to become the pastor of your church or your counselor or, or whatever. Um, we're, we're trying to pick between two ideologies and both of those ideologies have appointed somebody that they're going to, they're going to put forth as their candidate. So go ahead and make the choice. But, but please keep your eye on the big picture. And I think, Simon, when people do that, they're less prone to get down in the weeds, become holier than now. Well, I don't like this. I don't like that. He's not perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, we, we understand that. But you still haven't told me where you stand on the big issues. Uh, the Pharisees, they made it clear. Jesus, we don't want him. Well, no wonder they hated him. People today who make it clear. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, uh, we don't like, uh, we don't want America to stay uh, the way it has been. We want to change America. Well, okay, there you go. Uh, you're going to hate him because that spirit is going to attack you. You're going to fall for it. You're going to be overcome by it. And we see that, son. We see that going on today. People dominated by this spirit of hatred for Donald Trump because they're, they're siding with a dark ideology rather than many times. I'm not going to say in every single case, but many times it's people who are siding with a dark ideology and who don't see what uh, a Marxist lockdown society would mean for America because they've never lived in Venezuela. They've never lived in China. You know, they've never lived in North Korea. If they had, they might be looking at this thing differently. And the last thing I'll say is this, on I think there was some reporter out asking college students about their views of socialism and, and you know, and like uh, health care for all, uh, and which we all want. Everybody have health care. But then I think he got down to the question of, you know, he asked them, you know, well, would you be willing to donate some of your money for people who don't have health care? Whoa, now things all of a sudden kind of change because, you know, on a, on a very uh, um, Pollyanna kind of scale, I want, I want, you know, I want it for all, but I just don't want it to affect me. So, you know. Uh, we're dealing many times with people who have no clue what they're voting for when they vote for a socialist or Marxist agenda. Yeah, it's the not in my backyard mentality. We want it, but we don't want it to affect us, especially if it's going to affect right. us negatively. You know, one of the things yeah. I find interesting is a lot of people tend to forget, or maybe they just overlook the fact that, you know, the Bible is full of people that were, that God used that were pretty, bad guys you know um, yeah. you look at david a man after god's own heart or maybe they weren't bad guys but did bad things let's say so yeah. for example david a man after god's own heart the king of israel he uh you know sleeps yeah. with bathsheba kills uriah and um right. and then you know it takes someone to point out what he did before he realizes it you take a look at someone like saul who kills christians and then becomes a cornerstone of the church you take a look at you know uh, rahab the harlot um and she's actually in the lineage of Jesus, and she helps what Joshua, you know, get out of Jericho. And you take a look at all these other people that were used, you know, fishermen, tax collectors. And God used these people despite their shortcomings, despite who they were, you know. And there was probably other people that he used um, or even just forgave, you know. Uh, if you, um, you know, the woman that was uh, accused of committing adultery, you know, where are your accusers go? I accuse you. I don't accuse you anymore. You know, your accusers aren't here. And so that's the thing that we don't understand is God uses people despite who they are for his purpose, for his glory. And if we're holding people to a certain expectation, 
then we're forgetting the very essence of the Bible, that God is the only, Jesus is the only perfect person to ever walk this earth. And God can use anybody, despite who they are, for his purpose and for his glory. And when we have that strong mind, you know, and we lose that spirit of fear, we start to focus on him. And I think what we do is I think we get so caught up, I do, get so caught up in this world that, okay, what's going to benefit me in this world, okay? I want to be a certain way. Okay. And I want to go a certain way and I want certain comforts and I want a certain lifestyle and I want all these plans. But yet what we forget to do is to focus on the hereafter eternity. What are we doing to store up our treasures in heaven? Not on earth where moth and rust are going to corrupt thieves, break in and steal. But what are we going to do for heaven? You know, what are we going to do for our afterlife? And I think sometimes we forget that that's what we should be doing here on earth. We got to take responsibility for what God has given us here on earth and do our due diligence and our part. Like I said before, if we need a job and we sit on the couch and pray, God, give me a job, but we don't go looking, God's not going to give us a job. So we have to do our due diligence here on earth. But we also have to take into consideration that things on earth aren't going to be permanent. Things in eternity and in heaven or hell are going to be permanent. And we need to kind of keep that in mind, too, as we move forward in some of the things that we do is that realize that, you know what, the next four years are going to be for the next four years. What are we doing in the next four years that's going to matter in eternity? Who are we going to witness to? Who are we going to help out? Who are we going to get money to so that they can help with insurance? Who are we going to get money to so they can help, you know, uh, get food? Early on in the pandemic, toilet paper ran amok, you know? And so one of the things that my dad was able to do, being a senior citizen, was get into some of these stores and get toilet paper for people that needed it, you know, simple gesture. And so what are those things that are we going to do that are going to help people that might eventually lead to, you know, them getting into heaven or in the hereafter. And I think that that's something that we lose focus on, especially in this day and age. We're too focused on the worldly things. We get this spirit of fear in us. We don't allow God or realize that God is in control regardless. And whatever happens, he's going to take care of us. And ultimately, we're going to, you know, there's the chance of struggles here on earth. But ultimately, what are we doing for the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, very, very much so, Stan. And so we're really talking about, you know, two kingdoms here, you know, the kingdom of heaven, but then also the kingdom of this world. And, um, I think when you started, uh, that, that comment there, Stan, you know, you were, you were making a very important point that sometimes God will use someone, uh, even though maybe they haven't come from a real strong background of faith. And in some cases, maybe they don't have faith in the Lord at all. You know, uh, one person that many people point to, uh, in history is King Cyrus. You know, this mysterious Persian ruler who's credited, you know, in scripture for helping uh, the Jews return from exile to Jerusalem. I mean, this was, you know, 2,500 years ago, son. And, and really, but yet King Cyrus was credited, uh, in large part for helping with, uh, that to happen, helping them then, uh, ultimately in, in the fact that they rebuilt the temple. Um, okay. So many have compared Donald Trump to someone like that. Uh, and, and so what, what I find discerning Christians are, are able to do and, and be able to, um, uh, discern between, I guess, is, is the difference between God using someone who is imperfect as we all are in, in the world's kingdom, which is what we're talking about with America, because America is not the church. Um, America is a blessed nation, but it's not the church. America is not the kingdom of heaven. Uh, America has never been a theocracy, nor is that God's intention that America become a theocracy. Uh, the kingdom of heaven 
uh, is in the heart of every believer. Jesus said, my kingdom is within you. So you talked about both of those kingdoms here a moment ago, Stein. You talked about um, the way that God will use people in this world, like a Donald Trump, who many Christians uh, see as like a King Cyrus, needed to come in at an important time uh, in the history of, of the world and, and, uh, and do things that are going to uh, help others. Uh, and then you've got, you know, heaven and hell. Um, you know, it's not Donald Trump's uh, job as the president of the United States to proclaim the gospel. Um, that's the job of us, all of us as Christians. Um, but that deals with that eternal kingdom and, and the kingdom that will last forever. And, you know, uh, there are only two ultimate destinations in eternity. Um, Jesus said, enter through the uh, the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and, and few find it. So, Son, when a person stands before God on Judgment Day, they're not going to want to have uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden standing next to them because Donald Trump and Joe Biden could not help a person there. Um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden uh, are not going to be able to spill their blood to save one single soul. But, but the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and gave his life for the sins of the world. So that anyone who comes to him then in faith and receives him as Savior and confesses their sin and asks for forgiveness and, and, and then becomes a follower of Christ, they're on the front end of that transaction. Um, your sins are forgiven. Um, your name essentially then is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which I like to call Heaven's Reservation Book. And now the rest of your life is going to be uh, involved the challenge of living the Christian life, um, saying no to sin, um, and seeking to serve your, your Lord and, and to bring Him glory, to do so in a humble, gentle, self-controlled way, uh, the way that someone like Mike Pence does, you know, in his life, uh, and, and others, profess, other professing Christians, like, like, like Donald Trump and many, many others, including us, like, we're, we're trying to emulate uh, that sort of, of life of, no, of noble, humble, um, just uh, loving service to others. So, so the, the King Cyrus of our world today, I would say, is, is Donald Trump. But the king today is, is the one, the king of kings is the one who's always been uh, the king, and that's Jesus. He is the one we will worship throughout eternity. Um, he is, and it was interesting, Scott, because even in the last week or so, uh, uh, I think Trump was somewhere and, and uh, somebody said to him uh, something about, you know, you're like the most famous person in the world. And Donald Trump said, well, no, I'm not. He said, Jesus Christ is the most famous person in the world. Well, good for Donald Trump, you know, good for Donald Trump. And um, I just, I, I'm just amazed, you know, because in the kingdom of the world, son, we have, you know, these two major parties, Republicans and Democrats. I'm amazed that you have some in the party that Donald Trump is part of who are not supporting him, who are siding with the ideology of the left for whatever personal issues they may have with Donald Trump. Uh, it, it just blows the mind that, that, that somebody can lose sight of the big picture. Um, I mean, hey, if a person's a leftist, then you would expect them to vote with that ideology. If someone's conservative, um, you would expect them to vote for the conservative. If, if a Supreme Court judge uh, has been a conservative their whole life, you would expect them when they go on the court uh, to be a conservative. That doesn't seem to always play out uh, on, the, on the Supreme Court. Um, and, and yet um, God never, ever uh, does anything that's, that's uh, outside of his character, his holiness, his perfection. And, and every listener today, son, will stand before him. Um, you know, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
And, and my friend, your only hope, it, it, your only hope of getting in is the blood of Jesus. You know, Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher in, uh, in uh, London here in the 19th century, you know, he said, morality will keep you out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus will keep you out of hell. And so today, my friend, I would encourage you to uh, turn to Christ, ask him to wash your sins away with his blood, believe that he died for your sins, and, and God will do that for you right now. You'll be born again, saved, justified, redeemed, and forgiven. If you will do that today, my friend, and, and so please, uh, will you call on the Lord today? Will you turn from sin, trust in Christ, and, and then enter that eternal kingdom today? You'll be seated in the heavenly realm. Uh, in other words, your name will be written in, the, in, in God's uh, reservation book, heaven's reservation book. And um, you won't be there yet, but you'll have your, you'll have your uh, reservation, and now the rest of your life will be living for Jesus, your Savior. And so um, there's no, nothing more important in life than, than that. And there's no political agenda, no uh, career agenda, no financial agenda that even compares with that. So please today, my friend, will you, um, will you consider that? Will you come to Christ? Uh, you'll be so glad you did. Dan Delzell, author at the Christian Post, church at uh, a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska. And Dan, if people want to find out uh, more about you, the church, or anything, where can they find you at? Well, I tell you, uh, they could they could look on our, uh, our our church page if they just Google Redeemer in Papillion, Nebraska. Uh, P-A-P-I-L-L-I-O-N, what they would find on our Facebook page are, um, you know, a number of messages that I have on there, video messages. But uh, I've also written a lot of articles that are at thechristianpost.com. And so if they were just, uh, you know, look that up under Dan Delzell, uh, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L, they would find um, a whole host of articles, hundreds of articles, in fact, on many different topics and some of these very topics we're talking about today. And you can follow me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. I also have uh, a links in the bio for different things, so check it out there. And um, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time, your thoughts, and your comments, and we look forward to uh, more conversations as we move on um, from today into the future. Well, I, I will look forward to that as well, Tom. Thanks for having me again. I sure enjoyed it. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.